Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. How's everyone doing? Do y'all love Jesus? There we go. All right, that's better. Um, this morning it was cute because I was like, Judah, we're going to go downstairs. We're going to greet everyone as they're coming in. And some of y'all, you know, some of you, he was like, good morning. And then some of you guys, he was getting a little bolder. Good morning. And then more, good morning. So we're, we're working on there, uh, working on that. But it is, it is good to see everyone and, and just see a full house this morning. And I'm excited for what God is going to do today. Um, if you have your scripture, I want to jump straight into it. And um, because once again, we have a lot to cover and we're going to just kind of go straight into it. We're going to be in Colossians chapter two. As you're turning there, just kind of want to set this up just a little bit as a recap from last week. I was talking to my wife and, and she's like, Michael, how on earth did you get through everything last week? And I was like, I don't know. It was the grace of God um, because up in Albany, uh, you know, Kevin, Pastor Kevin up there, he was like, it's so much. And so today's another, it's a lot of stuff in there. There's so much packed into Colossians chapter 2. Um, but there's two things that the Apostle Paul is addressing to the church in Colossae. There's two threats, so to speak, that are coming to the church in Colossae. And I believe that these two threats still exist today in modern Christendom. And um, it's something that we have got to be able to apologetically, uh, uh, and by that I mean from a study of Scripture and the divinity of Jesus, be able to push back against the cultural norms and cultural society that is constantly changing. And the first one is this, the myth that Jesus, um, or this idea that Jesus is less than God. And this is something that the Apostle Paul, he really went after this last week in, in proving that he is supreme and preeminent in his divinity and the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. And then the second one, which is what's going to come up a lot today, um, is that there is a secret knowledge that is only for the religious elite. And, and even today, there's still circles and, and um, um, tribes and, and people that think that there's this secret knowledge that's just for certain particular types of people. And today, I want to do something a little different. I'm going to read from the ESV, but then I want to read some of this from the message translation because the way that it's, it's worded in the message, it's just, it sounds, um, it, it's just really cool and, and you'll see what I mean. And so let's just, uh, let's just pray and dive into it. You guys ready? Three people. All right, we're going to try this again. All right? You guys ready? Yeah. All right, I feel like I have to yell in order, you know, it's the, I like people that talk back. So um, here we go. Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, I just ask that you would speak today. Um, this, is, this is your church, God. Father, this is your word. And Lord, I just ask that right now you would speak to our hearts, soften our hearts, Father. Let the gospel be proclaimed today, God. And Lord, let it be that I get out of your way and the words that come out, of my, come out of my mouth are influenced by your Holy Spirit and your Spirit alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were taught, abounding 
in Thanksgiving. Now, here's what I want to do. I have to pull it up on my Bible app because I don't carry a message um, translation. So you guys bear with me just for a second. Oh, not the ASV. This is awkward, right? There we go. Read the full chapter. I love technology. Not really. But he says this in the message. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you have been given. You have received Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. You were deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around faith. Now do what you have been taught. And I love this part right here. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. There's something I think that's important that we kind of hit on last week that I want to kind of reiterate as we dive into this um, with the wording of this is that we walk in Christ and Christ walks in us. There's this idea that God is or that, that Christ is by our side and that we're walking through the trials by our side. But the Apostle Paul is saying, no, 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 it's much deeper than that. Christ is in you and you are in Christ. It's not him by your side. It is the spirit of Christ that is dwelling inside of you. And so whenever we go about our life and whenever we go about the, and we face challenges, um, we can be confident knowing that Christ is in us, that we are walking in Christ. See, this is what we talked about last week. So it's kind of a recap. It is a position change of your identity of saying that I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God and the living God that created the stars and the galaxies and the uniforms and the cells in my body is living in me and according to Colossians chapter 1 he is in me I am created for him and by him and he Jesus holds all things together and so Paul's saying hey this is what you've been taught this is what you know and I love what he says schools out Graduation has happened. It's time to stop learning and it's time to start living it. See, sometimes we get so caught up in knowledge, 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 and I got to learn, I got to learn, I got to learn. And Jesus is like, you'd learn a whole lot more if you actually started putting into practice what I've taught you. See, some of you guys are like sitting here and just diving in. I got to understand this and the root and the Greek and the Aramaic and what does all this mean? And the number seven, I'm talking really, really fast today, and that's got to be the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is just like, I want you to just start walking in the anointing and walking in the authority and walking in the power that I've called you to. Well, I don't feel like I've got anointing and power. Well, you do because Jesus is in you. Jesus is in you. And that's just my warm-up. We have, oh gosh, guys, you don't understand. You don't understand. The, the text today, I'll get to this. Whoo! I'm, I'm excited. Verse 8. Let no one, see that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And, and so, um, have, you ever, have you ever been around people, I'm going to make fun of Christians for a minute, and I'm a Christian so I can do this, and don't judge me. Uh, we talked about judgment last week, and so go back and listen to the podcast. Um, but... Um, have you ever been around Christians and sometimes you see them worshiping and you're just like, what is it that they have that I don't have? Like, like what is it that, you know, and then you get around people. There's this, there's this group of um, Christians in Albany and I love them dearly. But like I'll get around them and they start talking about like 
uh, just these crazy visions and these crazy dreams and these crazy things that are, that are happening to them. It's just like, you know, I was just sitting there at this stop sign and this dove fell down and heaven parted open and I started floating up. And then the next thing I knew, I was going away into the galaxies and I was just seeing the creation and the sonic booms and the all. And I'm just like, I thought we were eating breakfast here at Denny's, you know, it's like. Like, what, what's, you know, and next thing you know, they start, like, levitating. I've never seen that. I've never seen that, okay? okay I've never, I'm sure it happens, you know? Um, what Paul's saying is don't get caught up in that stuff if it doesn't point back to Jesus. See, sometimes we get so caught up on the giftings of Jesus that we forget about the gift giver who is Jesus. All things miraculous, all things spiritual, all things should point back to Jesus. He is the beginning. He is the end. Verse 9, in him the fullness or the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In him being in Christ, in Christ the fullness of God dwells. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and all authority. And, and so here's something I think that's interesting. 14 times that I could count, there's probably more, in the book of Colossians, which is four chapters, and it's literally three pages in my Bible. 14 times the Apostle Paul says the words, in him or in Christ. In Christ. And, and I, I, I don't have time. You know what? I'm just going to kind of give you guys. Let's see if I, I don't have it here. But, but it's like, in Christ, in him. This is, again, a position change that ends up taking place. And Paul is wanting to encourage us and remind us that we are in Christ. In Christ, I love this, verse 10, you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule, the head of all authority. That means that he is preeminent. He is preeminent above every king, above every governor, above every president, of every dictator that is on this earth and that was on this earth and that will be on this earth later to come. He is the head. He is the rule. He is the authority. This is why we read in Genesis chapter 1 that he speaks and light comes out of his mouth and he separates the light from the darkness. But, but continuing on, uh, verse 11 in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, what he's talking about right here is this circumcision is not a physical procedure. It is a spiritual procedure that is done by God. See, back in this time frame, a lot of people believed that in order to follow Jesus or in order to be a follower of the way, you've got to first follow the Mosaic law in Judaism, and then you might be able to be a follower of Jesus. This is why it was so much tension in Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15, it was the first board meeting and the first debate that took place in the church. And in Acts chapter 15, you see this. Well, do, they, do the men get circumcised or do they, do they not get circumcised? And meanwhile, you've got the men over there saying, ouch. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like, where are they going to vote? You know, this is one of those board. I, I think I like Jesus. Jesus, if you're real, I need, you know, it's, it's, um. It's, if that makes you uncomfortable, it's all right. It's in the Bible. Um, and, and so going back and forth, and, and what happens was James, the brother of Jesus, says, no, we should not make it difficult for those who are turning to Jesus. 
And, and so right here, you're seeing that this circumcision that takes place is not a physical circumcision, but it is a spiritual circumcision where Jesus goes into your heart and he cuts out the things into your heart that are not holy and not put there by him. It is a spiritual surgery. And might I say it is open heart surgery. If you've ever been in a moment where God is just rending your heart and just ripping it open, you're, you're sitting there and you're just like, I didn't realize I had so much anger, that's circumcision. I didn't realize I had so much bitterness, that's circumcision. He's just going to cut that thing off. Um, I didn't realize that I had so much frustration. Or I didn't realize I had so much addiction that was taking place. That is God going in and circumcising your heart and leading you to a place of sanctification so that you can walk in the identity that you've already been given. He continues on, verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised... I lost my place. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who has raised him from the dead. And, and so we've said this before, but baptism does not save you. But it is symbolic of what Christ did on the cross. His death, his burial, and then his resurrection. And for us, it is a reminder that we were once dead, and when we go under that water, it is a sim symbolism of us dying to our flesh and then being raised to new life in Christ. We were once dead, and now we are brought back to life. And we are born again in John chapter 3. You hear about this. We are born again into the fullness of God, into the likeness of God, into a new creation. This is why on Baptism Sunday, on August 1st, whenever it was, I was like, "Woo!" Why? Because we're celebrating salvation. We're celebrating new identity. We're celebrating a new position and ownership uh, that, of what God has done in us. Now, verse 13. It got real quiet. Let me find it over here. Y'all ready? Verse 13. And you, you, me, who were dead in your trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. I told my wife, if there's one scripture that I want to get tattooed on my body, it is that right there. I just don't know how to have the tattoo of uncircumcision in the flesh on my body. I'm just being honest with you. Like, I've had this conversation, and, and, and so... But I love this passage. This might be my favorite passage in the entire Bible because it is the simplistic gospel right here. You were dead. God made you alive. But he didn't just make you alive. He took the record of debt that you have. He canceled it out. And how did he cancel out? He nailed it to the cross. 
See, there's something that I, I think sometimes we forget because, you know, we live in a progressive age and everything's about our feelings and inclusion and we just want to be happy and all that stuff. And, you know, whatever, that's fine. But whenever we sin, we break God's glorious standard. Romans chapter 3. We break God's glorious standard. And whenever we break God's glorious standard, there is an arrest warrant out with your name on it. See, what Satan does is he says, oh, Michael sinned over there. He, you know, he's getting high back in high school. Arrest warrant. Looking at pornography, arrest warrant. Dealing with anger and frustration, arrest warrant. Gossiping about other people, let me go and write another arrest warrant. And before you know it, you've got one list after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And it just starts stacking up. Now, true story, and don't, don't judge me, you know, and if you do judge me, that's totally fine. Um, God will deal with you, all right? And so um, I used to teach marching band in high school. And uh, any band nerds in here? A few people, thank you. Does anyone know who, what DCI is? No? Oh, my gosh. Y'all need salvation, all right? That's a joke. That's a joke. Anyways, I, I used to teach marching band. I'm a percussionist, a drummer. Um, I love marching band. Literally last night in the hotel, Judah, don't judge me, Judah went to bed and I pulled up old marching shows on YouTube and I was like, oh, I miss these days. Like, life was easy and it was fun and I got to yell at people. And, well, I still kind of yell at people, but now it's for Jesus instead of music, you know? Um, and uh, anyways... I, I was a teacher at Port Nature's Groves High School, and um, I was a seasonal teacher, and so I was also a youth pastor at the time, and I would go there and, and work with the students, the, the drum line and the front ensemble and stuff, uh, during marching season. Now, marching band in Texas is totally different than it is up here. I don't even know if we have marching band up here, all right? I know up in Albany, it's like a high school football game has like 200 people at it, and a high school football game at Port Nature's has about 20,000 people, just to like draw the parallel with it. It's a cult down here, and, and you know, um, maybe that's why the, I, I don't know, it's, it's cultish down south. I'm just being honest with you. It's very weird. They bleed purple. Kid you not. But I get a call from Alex Wells, who is the director of bands, driving to the high school, and he's like, Michael, I need to talk to you. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, dude, we have a problem. I'm like, what? He's like, um, I just found out that you have an arrest warrant out for you from the Port Natchez Police Department. Now, mind you, I'm a youth pastor, and I work at a school. And so, pastor teacher is driving to the school right now, and the police department is like two blocks away. And I'm just like, uh-oh, what do I do? And so I get off the phone with him. And then I get a call, hey, this is Sergeant Smith with the Port Nature's Groves Police Department. I was just calling to let you know that we have an arrest warrant out for you, and we'd like to get this taken care of if you can come in. I'm like, who on earth just turns themselves in when, you know, like, I'm not going to go turn myself in to go to jail. And maybe this was prophetic that I talk about this, because literally on the way, we're in the Uber this morning, and Judy goes, Dad, have you ever been to jail? And I could truthfully say, no, son, I haven't been to jail. Um, but I, you want to talk about being petrified? And I didn't even know what it was for. And, and so I talked to Mr. Wells, Alex Wells. We have a conversation. Then from there, I end up going, and, um, and, and I go down to the police department, and I'm, like, shaking and terrified. I'm about to get arrested. Like, I've never been in handcuffs. This terrifies me. And I found out that my arrest warrant was for 
a registration sticker that had expired. And I'm like, are you stinking kidding me? Well, how much do I got to pay? $100, $100. Here's your $100. Like, let's, let's clear. And so they forgave me, and they let me go. But, like, the relief of knowing that I did not have to spend a night or any time in jail was just, like, it was very, like, <sighs> you guys ever had those moments? You're just, like, <sighs> the other day, I was, we, Christy and I, we, we had a date day driving back from the Catskill Mountains. Cop pulls out behind us, and I'm like, I was just going 82. Um, and I'm like, all right, he's either going to get me or the car in front of me. So I pull over to the right. I'm preparing, and he zooms past me, and he gets the car right in front of me. I was just like, oh, that's the anointing of God right there. That's the grace. But you have those moments where you know you're in trouble. You know you've broken the law. And here's the thing, whether we want to believe it or not, the entire world has broken God's law, God's glorious standard, which is righteousness and holiness and justice. We've broken that law. And whenever we break that law, Satan sits there and he says, I have an arrest warrant out for this generation, and I'm going to go after this generation, and I'm going to keep them from getting their record of debt canceled. But what I love about God's grace and God's love and God's mercy is God's sitting up there in heaven and he says, no, this can't remain this way. Let me send my son, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him may not perish but have everlasting life, right? We love that. Jesus, in the fullness of God, in the fullness of man, ends up entering into our space, starts having conversations with us, starts healing people, starts delivering people, but then he sets it up for the greatest miracle and the greatest act of all time, and that was he took your sins and my sins before we even knew that we sinned. He took all of that. He compiled a list of it, and he said, hey, you know what, Satan? I'm going to cancel everything that they've done, and I'm going to wipe it clean, and Satan's probably like, well, how are you going to do that? Oh, you know how you were trying to crucify me? Let me take the sins of the world and let me nail it onto the cross. And with that one simple act right there, whenever he cried out, it is finished. Your sins and my sins are completely wiped away. And there is something that happens inside. Oh, is anyone excited about that? Because you know what? That's hope for your family. Well, they're too far gone. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Well, Michael, they're too far gone. Yep. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, he set aside nailing it to the cross. Well, I don't know about my addiction. No, no, no. He set it aside. He said, it's not you anymore. He took it off of you, and he nailed it onto the cross. Well, well, I've got this. I've had an affair. Okay, you've had an affair, but there's forgiveness with that. He nailed it to the cross. That's not you anymore. You have been set free. You have been redeemed. You have been delivered. There is a new identity. Church, this should get somebody off their feet to make some noise because of the goodness of God and what he has done for us. This is the gospel that we were dead, and God made us alive. Thank you, Jesus. This is why. Oh, my goodness. This is why. Y'all, I joke 
Well, I'm like, we need to windmill kick Satan in the mouth. Well, guess what? We need to spiritually windmill kick Satan in the mouth because what Jesus did right there, paid the price for you, paid the price for me, gave me new ownership, gave me a new identity, gave me a new position. And because of that, there is nothing that Satan can do that is going to determine how good or how bad you are. There's nothing that he can do that is going to determine your identity. Because it's been bought, and it's been bought in blood. <sighs> We're doing great on time, too. This is why I want to get this tattooed on me. I don't know how. But I, because, I mean, this is, wow. He continues on. I've got an interesting story to share about this. Not only did he set it aside, nailing it onto the cross, verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Wait, 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 what? That means demonic influence? Jesus walked out of that grave, it's like, what you got on me? That means the... The, the wages and the, the sin and the, the death that's out there, you, you, can't, you can't touch me. That means the depression that sometimes we are dealing with, you, you can't, you can't, Jesus, Jesus overcame that. He, he overcame that. That doesn't mean that we're still not going to struggle with this stuff, but he overcame all of that. And, and, and something I think that's very interesting is, is a lot of times we forget that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and spirits in the spiritual realm, right? But Jesus, Jesus put all of the spiritual realm to open shame. So this is what happens yesterday. Um, Kathy was like, hey, you should go to Brooklyn Park and, um, and then do the ferry. And I was like, Judah, we're going to go to Brooklyn Park. And it starts raining a little bit. And I was like, you know, Jesus, please let the rain, you know, stop. And thankfully it did. And we get down there, um, and I had never been to Brooklyn Park. It was absolutely gorgeous. We just didn't find any playgrounds. I didn't realize how big the park was and that it was like the whole harbor thing. And, but, but we're going down this one walk, um, not too far from Clark Street, and I see these people dancing. I see these people dancing. And, and I, I don't, at first I was like, maybe they're, you know, it's street dancing. I, I don't know. Maybe it's they're practicing for a, a show or or a theater or something like that. And so they're sitting there and they're like, oh. And I'm just like, okay, Judah, this is cool. Let's kind of walk by. Kid you not. They're like, and then this lady does this, this thing right here. And then the lady in front of her, she just goes back like this. And I mean, oh, full blown freaking out on the ground and Judah's like dad what's going on I was like buddy I thought that this was them like street dancing or something you know how you were talking about the demonic the other day that's demonic let's keep let's keep going let's keep going because <laughs> I kid you not I kid you not now last night he goes to bed and I'm sitting there laying in bed and I'm thinking about this and I kind of got convicted because the Spirit of God lives inside of me. And so if the Spirit of God lives inside of me, he's given me the authority and the power to be able to drive out demons. If this woman was demonically possessed, which I gen I've seen that happen, 
I genuinely believe that she was. Why did I not step up and just cast that thing out of her? So I kind of got a little bit of conviction that placed on me last night. Um, but that being said, C.S. Lewis talks about this. He says, whenever it comes to the demonic, there's usually two sides to the Christian coin. Is One is everything is demonic. People think that everything is demonic. You get a nail in your tire, you think it's demonic. Or you leave your keys in the car, and you're like, well, Satan calls me to leave, leave my keys in the car. No, you're just a moron, and you left your keys in the car, all right? And so not calling you a moron, I'm calling the other people morons, all right? Um, or, or it's like, you know, the Satan's on the D train. I'm running late. No, some, you know, it's just the D train. And you just, I've learned to embrace that. Give yourself a little bit more time, right? But we blame everything on the demonic. And then there's the other side of the coin where we think that it doesn't exist. And I think, if I can be honest with you guys, I think far too often that's where Christians in America lean, is that they don't recognize or they don't realize that right now there is a spiritual war that is going on in heaven over your family and over your, your soul, and they are fighting and they are attacking, and there are angels and demons that are fighting over your children. There are angels and demons that are fighting over your lost uncle. There are angels and demons who are out there fighting. And and so I'm here to tell you, the demonic is very real. The darkness is very real. And and for us to say that it wasn't, I mean, we just, we'd be teaching only part of the gospel. It's very, very real. But at the same time, Christian, let me remind you that he, Jesus, disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Christ did it. Christ did it for you, and Christ did it for me. And Christ did it for your family. Christ did it for the loved ones around you. And and then he goes on, and, and real quick, this is this is what I want to kind of close out with. He, he says this in, in verse 18, and I don't know if it's going to be on the screen, Carolyn. I don't remember if I told you if I was covering this or not, but I am. Let no one disqualify you. And I just, I just want to pause there. Let no one. Let no one disqualify you. You can't disqualify someone who God has called. Let no one disqualify you. And then he continues on, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels going on and detailed visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Again, that's talking about like all of this, the supernatural things or, or starting to mix in some new agey things with all of that. And, and, and here you guys will understand what I'm saying in just a minute. But he says this, and not holding fast to the head, which is Jesus, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grow with the growth that is from God. Here's what I think is interesting. The body of Christ is the body. We make up the body. We are called the body of Christ. And then we are connected as a body to our chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. He is the head of the church. And so for someone to sit here and say, I don't need the body, if you are not connected to the body, how on earth can you be connected to the head? And I think 
oftentimes we isolate ourselves and we say, I love Jesus, but I don't like his Christians. You mean your brothers and sisters? Yeah, they just, they just annoy me, so I'm just going to stay over here. Well, if you're never connected to the body that God has placed you in, how on earth are you going to be able to grow with the growth that is from God if you're not connected to the head? Because we all have to be a part of the body, the people of God, to make up the body which is connected to the head. This is why in Joel chapter 1, verse 14, the prophet Joel, he says, I want you to call a fast, consecrate a fast, and have a solemn assembly so that the body can seek after me, seek after God. This is why on October 31st, we are kicking off three days of prayer and fasting because as a body, we're going to come together. And we're going to be a part of the body calling on Jesus, the head, to move in his church. To move in Sunset Park. To move in Staten Island, who they need a building. To move in Albany, New York, because, hey, we need another $250,000. Why? Because we're a part of the body. And when the body's suffering in one area, we all suffer. When your toe's suffering, guess what? Your whole body feels that pain. When you have a headache, the whole body feels that pain. When you got cancer developing in you, the whole body feels that pain. And so therefore, it is the whole body's responsibility to come together and to get connected to the head. But here's the danger that we live in. Here's the danger that we live in. See, Jesus says... I am the living water. This is definitely Brooklyn tap water. I am the living water. And I am enough. In me, I can purify you. In me, I can make you whole. In me, I can set you free. In me, I can sanctify you. In me, I can bring healing. In me, I can bring unity. In me, I can bring salvation. And the very thing that was happening 2,000 years ago to the church in Colossae is something that I see happening to the church of today. As we look at the fullness of deity, Jesus, and we say... Uh, maybe he's not enough. Maybe, you know, I, I like the way that Muslims pray. Three times a day, they bow down, they face the east or the west, depending on where they are in the world. So why don't we just take a little bit of Islam and just mix it in with Jesus? Oh, that's really cool. And then you've got new age, like everything's spiritual. I love talking to people. I don't believe in religion, but I'm spiritual. Like, oh, well, what, do you, what do you worship? Oh, you know, the universe and everything. Everything just flows through me. <laughs> y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so we're going we're gonna to just start worshiping the sun. You know, I, I, I like the way that they pray. So we'll just combine a little bit of that. 
right there. Yeah, that's, that's. And then you've got Buddhists, right? You've got Buddhists, and Buddhists have got their own way of meditation. And, you know, I've even seen books talking about how we can take Christianity and we can mix the meditation of Buddhism and we can just start to mix it together. And then I've also seen Christians who've said, hey, you know what? Jesus wasn't enough. I'm about to step on somebody's toes. Here's seven steps to finding your freedom. Wait, wait, I, I, thought, I thought Jesus was our freedom. I thought once we were in Christ and he's in us, in him, fullness of God. He's, oh, no, no, I've got seven keys that God downloaded me you know, um, and then this angel spoke to me, and out of that, I started the Church of Latter-day Saints, and, you know, and before you know it, the purity of Jesus, the simplicity of Jesus has been polluted with the sickness of this world, and you know what happens whenever you take this, and you drink that? Yeah, it tastes bad. It's going to make you sick. It's going to make you sick. And might I just say, that really does taste bad. That's also what sin does. Catch this, church. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Meaning the moment you add anything to the powerful working of the cross is the moment you cancel out what Christ did on that cross. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And this is why we proclaim Jesus Christ and Christ alone at this church. Because in him is salvation, in him is healing, in him is wholeness, in him is restoration. And we don't want to take everything in our culture and everything in our world and all the sin that so ensnares us and start to pollute it with the purity of the gospel. This is why, if you would, stand to your feet. This is why this can be spoken over our lives that we were dead in our trespasses and the uncircumcision of our flesh. And God, not you, not me, made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demand. This, your record of debt, my record of debt, my sins that I've never confessed to people, your sins that you've never confessed to people that you've been keeping hidden for the past two decades. He took that and he nailed it to the cross. And then he disarmed the power of Satan over your life. Let's pray. Listen, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity to do so today. I'm just going to ask it right where you are. If you would, just slip up your hand. And maybe you've been feeling this burden. You've been feeling this weight. And you're just like, Michael, this all is starting to make sense to me. And I want to meet this Jesus who can cancel out my sin and my debt. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand right where you are. I'm not going to call you forward or anything. 
Thank you. And if there's anyone who maybe you've walked away and today you need to recommit your life to Christ, just slip up your hand boldly right where you are. And so, Father, I thank you for the hands that were lifted this morning. And God, I just ask that today we can be reminded of the fullness of Jesus, the simplicity of the cross, the holiness of the cross. And if you said that prayer, I want to invite you to just repeat after me. And, and better yet, we all should just repeat this. Dear Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I've got a lot messed up in my life. But I believe that you can cancel my debt. And I'm confessing you as Lord. I'm asking you to make me new. Do something in me that only you can do. Today I declare you as my Lord. In Jesus' name. Can we just clap and just make some noise for Jesus? Here's something else. Here's something else. We believe in the power of prayer. And in Romans, it talks with us. We weep with those who weep, and we rejoice with those who rejoice. We come to, in James 5, it talks about come to the elders if anyone is sick, and let them lay hands on you so you will be healed. And so we're going to transition right now into a time of prayer. And listen, you can, you can, it could be anything. Maybe you need a healing. Maybe you are battling and you've got that one thing that you won't surrender to God. I'm here to tell you, today is that day of freedom. Just come to the altar and just give it to Jesus. And so as we sing this song, and I love this song, make us new wine. Because it's a new identity. It's a new position. It's a new place. Let's all leave here today being made new in Jesus' name. Let's worship. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at reschurchnyc. Take care and God bless.